When regulators and governments begin looking for scapegoats, begin to search for speculators or individual trades that will explain how things have gone wrong, that's when you know they've really lost it. Because Friday, we had, Friday morning, we had a pretty substantial, another sizable swing in the marketplace, more financial volatility. So, so sizable, so substantial, it brought out the Financial Stability Oversight Committee to make a big show of all of these politicians and economists and whatnot gathered together on this video teleconference talking about something. Then they released a statement saying, yeah, there's some strains on some individual cases, but everything is largely fine. Meanwhile, the marketplace showed that everything is not fine, which is why we have to now identify speculators or some individual cause that might be able to explain why from policymakers perspective everything is fine but from common sense reality perspective we can see that everything is not fine because what happened friday what happened what has happened too frequently ever since the middle part of march is that markets continuously display no confidence but now we have we now we have uh, governments getting involved. They're starting to blame speculators. They're starting to put together, hey, this is no big deal. Let's let's put up a benign explanation so that everybody can be inspired to go back to business as usual. Where business as usual for the banks and the financial firms in the monetary system is acting out the lessons of Bear Stearns. As I've said, and I will continue to say and remind everyone. Those are building a liquidity cushion, de-risking portfolios, which I talked about yesterday, especially in Europe, hedging the hell out of every position you have, which we saw heavily again Friday morning. But see, from regulators and government perspectives, in the short run back in 2008, they took a very different lesson from Bear Stearns than the markets did. And that lesson amounted to blaming speculators. In July of 2008, the SEC announced a ban on short sales, naked short sales for all the big banks, the primary dealers, as well as the GSEs. And the reason they did that was because of Bear Stearns. The lesson the SEC was trying to put into place in middle 2008 was the, something that policymakers come back to during time, or actually after times of bank panic, time and time and time again. Here's what the SEC wrote in July of 2008. So this was, remember, four months after Bear Stearns had been uh, merged, for lack of a better term, voluntarily or not, with JP Morgan. Four months later, most policymakers thought Bear Stearns was the worst of it. We had survived the crisis and that's all there was. So why were government officials still talking about banks and then taking the extraordinary step of banning naked short selling on big bank stocks and GSE stocks. Here's what they said July 15, 2008. This is the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, release number 58,166. False rumors can lead to a loss of confidence in our markets, really. Such loss of confidence can lead to panic selling, which may be further exacerbated by naked short selling. 
As a result, the prices of securities may artificially and unnecessarily decline well below the price level that would have resulted from the normal price discovery process. Thank you, government, for telling us what's normal. If significant financial institutions are involved, this chain of events can threaten disruptions of our markets. Sounds great. Plausible. The events preceding the sale of Bear Stearns are illustrative of the market impact of rumors. Hold up, you just lost me here. During the week of March 10, 2008, rumors spread about liquidity problems at Bear Stearns, which eroded investor confidence in the firm. As Bear Stearns stock price fell, its counterparties became concerned, and a crisis of confidence occurred late in the week. And this was utter horse crap. That is not what happened at Bear Stearns, but it was the SEC trying to put a different spin on why this firm would have been fine if it wasn't for those darn evil speculators. You can see what they're doing here. As they, I mean, they came out and said the quiet part out loud. If it wasn't for those speculators naked short selling Bear Stearns stock, there never would have been a crisis of confidence. Bear Stearns never would have happened. So if we ban short selling on stocks in the summer of 2008, everything will be fine the rest of the way. Of course, if like Bear Stearns, it wasn't fine the rest of the way because this is not about speculators. This is not about an unrealistic flight to um, emotional, irrational emotions, uh, creating, creating panic where there isn't one or there wouldn't be one. What did they say? Um, the normal price discovery process. Hmm. Normal price discovery process according to whom? Here we are again in 2023, 15 years later. We've got sort of the Bear Stearns. We've got the 2008 style scenario already in play. And along comes the first act in the blame speculators part of our story. I'll get to that in just a minute. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you are interested, as many, many people have been, we've got Eurodollar University memberships available where we're going to get into the monetary details. What is it that all of these regulators and governments have missed? We're not going to miss it. We're going to go back into the history. We're going to get into the details. We're going to diagram things. We're going to put stuff together so that the monetary system makes sense. We also have Eurodollar University and Markets Insider Pro research subscriptions available. The Markets Insider Pro, I do a daily briefing on macroeconomic de developments as well as what's going on, what's important in market curves and whatnot. And the deep dive analysis at Eurodollar University where we're going to dive deep into analysis of Eurodollars, but not universities. Maybe we should do that too. Anyway, all the information available for you, memberships, research subscriptions, Eurodollar.com university the idea of blaming speculators or the idea of blaming you and me for what goes on in, in these bank panics is as old as bank panics themselves it goes way 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 back and to give you an example i'm going to quote a fellow by the name of robert owen who was in the panic of 1893 a bank owner in oklahoma who found suddenly that his bank was in very big danger of going under like so many had so many had and so many would in that panic of 1893 which then of course led to a massive depression in 1893 and 1894 small recovery but then more depression in 95 96 so essentially 
that was the one where people finally started putting together this idea that bank panics, deflationary money, deflation, depression, widespread unemployment, these things were all related. And Robert Owen would play a pivotal, crucial role in developing something we call today the Federal Reserve. Robert Owen eventually became a senator, and he was the senatorial sponsor for what became the Federal Reserve Act. Because as he said, and I'll read, I'll read you the quote here, it is the duty of the United States to provide a means by which periodic panics which shake the American Republic and do it enormous injury shall be stopped. What Robert Owen did, building off of the Aldrich and Ames plan, was to say, let's do this quasi-elasticity that clearinghouse associations had done successfully during the Panic of 1907. We need to stop the panics, or if they do develop, we need to break the cycle so that monetary panics don't become deflationary money, which becomes deflation and therefore widespread unemployment. But here's the thing, here's the, the last part of his quote, it's actually at the end of the passage that I'm quoting from, why do we have these bank panics? Is it because banks are irresponsible and do really stupid things? Or is it, well, here's, here's, here's Senator Owen. It is the duty of the United States to protect the commercial life of its citizens against this senseless, unreasoning, destructive fear that seizes the depositor when he has been sufficiently hypnotized by the metropolitan press with its indiscreet suggestions. You can hear his words echo in the press release from July 2008, blaming naked short selling for what happened to Bear Stearns. If it wasn't for the hypnot hypnot hypnosis of the metropolitan press with its indiscreet suggestions, Price discovery would have been normal, and Bear Stearns would have been perfectly fine. It's certainly one way of looking at things. It's certainly one way of looking at things in a way that doesn't blow back upon regulators and governments. Then they can say, it was not our fault that Bear Stearns failed, or nearly failed. It was not our fault that Robert Owen's bank, Senator Owen, pre before he became Senator Owen, his bank nearly failed in 1893. It is the depositor, the destructive, senseless, unreasoning, destructive fear that grips the marketplace spurred on by the metropolitan or any other type of press. Misinformation. If we only we could do something about misinformation. Well, governments think that we can do something about it. We can, at the very least, ban naked short selling or make it so difficult that make naked short selling doesn't happen. So in July, on July 15, 2008, the SEC said, if you're gonna sell, if you're gonna short sale stock in this list of banks, you have to register that you've already borrowed the securities ahead of time. You're not just, you're not just naked short selling, speculating, driving down the share prices of banks in order to create a panic of which, from which you benefit. And the list of banks, of course, it was always the primary dealers and GSEs. And here's the thing though, when the ban was instituted in middle of July 2008 until around September when something else happened that wasn't really just a crisis of confidence, these bank shares at the very least stabilized, including those from like Lehman Brothers and um, who else, uh, the, the, the Fannie and Freddie, Morgan Stanley, those stabilized. Well, some of these bank stocks actually rebounded substantially. Uh, bank of America, its stock went from 21 to 37. 
Citigroup, another name that would come up repeatedly in the fall of 2008, went from 160 to around 205. I'm just giving you round numbers here. Credit Suisse, there's a name that, that should be familiar. That went from 40 to 50 in the summer of 2008 as this naked short selling ban was in effect. Uh, Lehman Brothers, obviously the, the preeminent name of the 2008 monetary crisis. The stock didn't rebound all that much, but for a couple weeks there, it stopped falling and appeared to stabilize. So regulators and policymakers and politicians took from that that they had successfully identified the problem in the crisis and had done something to fix it. And that problem was, again, the same thing that Robert Owen had been complaining about nearly, actually it was more than a century before. So all the way back in the early part of the 20th century when he said, hypnotized by the metropolitan press, the senseless, unreasoning, destructive fear. In 2008, it wasn't depositors, it was the interbank markets, it was wholesale money. In 2023, who do we blame nowadays? Well, we're going to start blaming depositors, I guarantee you. And we're also gonna start, we're gonna start blaming some of the same shadow products, shadow money uh, conduits that we did 15 years ago. An article came out just recent, in fact, it was today in Bloomberg, which attempted to explain Friday's massive market route, at least in the morning part when we saw again, Eurodollar futures contract bid up by some places, 25, 30 basis points, you know, more historical swings in the lessons of Bear Stearns, hedging the hell out of everything because the market is showing that it has absolutely no confidence in these regulators. Whereas the regulators are saying, no, 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 we've got everything covered. If something happened in the marketplace, it has to be the market. So wouldn't you know it, this morning we get this ridiculous, absurd story in, in Bloomberg, which attempts to identify after doing this surgical pathology on the market route on Friday, Regulators have finally started to formulate a, we'll see. This is the article itself. I mean, a single bet on Deutsche Bank's credit default swaps is seen behind Friday's route. Even the premise is just totally absurd from the very beginning here. A single bet on Deutsche Bank's credit default swaps triggered this entire market route, which already you should be thinking, huh, what? A single trade would never be able to trigger a market route if the market was operating in anywhere close to normal fashion. Because let's say that you were speculating on Deutsche Bank and you wanted to buy a credit default swap and you were willing to pay a, a, a pretty sizable price for it. If everything was fine, if the marketplace thought there's nothing to this, or if there is something to it, the Fed, the ECB, every government on the planet, they've got our back. This thing, even if it turns bad, is gonna turn really good because authorities know what the hell they're doing. As soon as that trade comes in, wanting to buy protection on, on Deutsche Bank's second tier debt, there should have been sharks circling to take the opposite side of that trade. Because especially in a credit default swap where you're convinced there will never be a trigger, this is free money. Somebody is paying you end of the world insurance when the world is never going to end. They're just gonna pay you a premium for as long as the contract continues. So if the marketplace was as these regulators, as Robert Owen, as the SEC in 2008 claimed that price discovery is normal, 
they would go on to this trade to be, I mean, they would never trigger anyone, anything, because everybody would be jumping all over themselves to take this and to take the other side of the other trades that supposedly followed from it. Here's what Bloomberg is trying to sell us here. Regulators are singling out a trade on Deutsche Bank AG's credit default swaps they suspect fueled a global sell-off on Friday. So the people have no idea what's going on in the markets, suspect that a single trade in credit default swaps triggered Friday's route. It was a roughly $5 million bet on swap. Okay, stop laughing because this is just absurd. $5 million bet on swaps tied to the German bank's junior debt, according to people familiar with the matter, who said regulators have spoken to market participants about the transaction. So they called up their buddy on Wall Street and said, hey, can you tell me about this, this credit default swap? I mean, this is so friggin' absurd. This is even more absurd than the short selling ban in 2008. Again, if this was at all the case, the market would have been, let's take the other side of this trade, end of story. But as I've been saying, as we can see literally in the marketplace, even today, there are lots of things that suggest the market lessons of Bear Stearns are being learned, not just learned, but acted upon right now. The tide is going out and continuing to go out. This is not about a loss of confidence among uh, senseless rumors. It's about understanding the monetary system and how fragile it actually is, especially when it comes to collateral, a big part that nobody ever talks about in 2008, too. Back to Bloomberg. The search for triggers underscores a general lack of transparency in the asset class, which Andrea Andrea, the European Central Bank's top oversight official, flagged on Tuesday, because of course they did. He also called for global financial reg regulators to take a closer look at the credit default swap market so that the public doesn't take a closer look at the utter lack of competence at the ECB, the Fed, the FSOC, and everywhere else around the world. They want to blame a speculator. They want to blame the metropolitan press with its indiscreet suggestions by using the metropolitan press to plant these absolutely absurd stories about how everything is just fine except for this one little tiny thing over here that makes it sound like it's all just benign nonsense. If you haven't figured it out by now, it's all for show, all of it. The FOC, FSOC statement, this ridiculous search for a scapegoat, uh, what does he say? The search for triggers, no, the search for scapegoats, all for show. The Sunday evening announcements by the Fed, we've got this brand new tool, even though we told you beforehand, we have all the tools we could ever need, we got a new one, all for show. It's all about trying to inspire confidence rather than doing something that would be consistent with fixing, identifying and fixing the problem. As Ben Bernanke said in 2015, actually wrote, monetary policy, which isn't monetary policy, he didn't write that part, but he should have, it's 98% talk and 2% action. And the 2% action is taking steps to publicize the very things the Federal, Re the Federal Reserve or regulators are going to talk about. It's all for show. It's all ridiculous because everything is not fine. What happened Friday was simply another demonstration. Of, had nothing to do with credit default swaps. It had everything to do with the fact that the monetary system is incredibly fragile in the wake of SVB and Credit Suisse and everything else over the last couple of weeks. It's 
lack of faith. It's lessons of Bear Stearns, building the cash cushion, de-risking, hedging. All of these things continue to happen because, as markets have told you, long before this happened, everything is not fine. And the 2008-style scenario continues to play out, including, as I said at the open, we're now into the stage where we're beginning to identify scapegoats and other ridiculous notions that we can say everything is fine or it would be fine if it wasn't for these darn evil speculators. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Huge, huge, enormous, sincere thank you to all the Eurodollar University and Markets Insider Pro Research subscribers, as well as love the Eurodollar University members. And until next time, take care.